0: This is Moss, Whelan, and Story in Mind. Just getting out for a walk, and it's morning, the sun is up, the ambulance is loud. dictating like a dictator my dictates it's so great when all of the automobiles stop maybe maybe we ought to have more ambulances less less cars although a very nice 1950s, I want to say a Studebaker just passed by, which had this uh, kind of mint green um, paint job. It's very cool and flat. And as I'm crossing the crosswalk, uh, a jerk driver has, like I swear, you know, he's a, he's a foot. He or she is a foot away from me. I'm not even out of the crosswalk, and they've they've just cut behind me and cut behind the person who's going the other way on the crosswalk. Leave it alone, Moss. Uh, I'm just en route, actually, uh, to meet my critique partner. I'm not sure if he feels the same way. (laughs) I I think he's on board with this. But, uh, I I think that he's doing a much better job than I am. Uh, He's, uh, to my mind, like he's got a solid, I have a solid project, but that, uh, I present, each time we meet, I present something. With my uh, Terrapin book, my second Terrapin book, I am making strides, but it's sort of like a approaching something that is difficult. I think that's what it is. That there's tough stuff going on. It's sort of working through one's own issues. Like, say... It's weird because, it's always weird that way because it's, uh, I'm, I don't intend to, I'm not sort of starting off, it's like, oh, I'm going to use this as therapy, it's a story, you know, and I'm, I've studied and practiced and, st- you know, creative writing, uh, but I find myself, you know, sort of like, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> But you know that's that's what it wants. So that's that's what uh, we're doing. But like, say for for example, in another direction, um, working on this fantasy uh, cowboy story. and <laughs> exactly. a fantasy cowboy story which uh it's tonally different it's you know, a different subgenre of fantasy. It's tonally different. I want to say thematically different, but so I've I've presented him. It's almost like say he's he's given me one sort of complete sort of. Okay, here's the first chapter, second chapter, third chapter, uh, and then. I've, I've given him, you know, here's the first chapter of this, here's the first chapter of that, and then here's the next thing. Actually, too, I started off giving him you know, first chapters of a science fiction story. And it was, it was good. It was great feedback. He gave great feedback, but it, it wasn't the story to be working on. And I, so I went to my second Terrapin book with this character, Mool. And then now I've gone to this uh, fantasy cowboy serial. But I think that's where I'm at, right? I'm sort of jumping around, jumping from project to project. Not intentionally, uh, a bit of. A bit of desperation, like sort of looking for some, some grounding. And um, having done this uh, panel presentation thing at Fan Expo, I have a. Um, it was a big deal. Like say it, it may you know in the scheme of things, it's, it's probably not. But there was a, there was a build up. And. Now it's, now it's sort of the denouement, it's, you know, the, everything is, uh, going back to normal. It's, it's just a, there's just a slight, um, brisk breeze in the air. So it's just just a a little bit of wind chill right now. It's a lone gray seagull, some grayish brown seagull. Yeah, I think it's alone. It's just walking on the grass. Bits and pieces of snow everywhere. Overcast. Yeah. Someone's out walking their dog. They're investigating the tree. Hmm. Who else has been here besides me? Maybe I should leave my mark. So yeah. uh, So I'm going to meet Patrick. And. I think I'm looking at a. I think it's his chapter 4. This works for me because I can I can do this in bite-sized chunks. He seems to be okay with it. I do have the urge to say, you know, let's just swap manuscripts, which probably would be the the normal way of doing it, but this way has sort of say some focus, some intensity, so rather than looking at Broad, like say too, he could beta read, and you know later and send it to some people. But you know you would get broad strokes that way, whereas this is sort of you know talking about a chapter by chapter, and I preferred that the uh, focus. So maybe this is a good thing. Just sort of talking about where I'm at. Because of this uh, weird reading thing. This uh, problem I have. Just uh, thinking of putting the the phone in uh, yes I'm doing it, I'm putting the phone in my glove just to give uh, a bit of extra protection so we're meeting up at uh, a local coffee shop And he was actually, um, we met, I think we met closer to him once. And then he said, well, let's try meeting closer to where uh, I am. I'm not driving. Uh, I could drive, but the uh, sort of uh, health, right? Health problems getting in the way. Anxiety. I have I have driven, and just sort of sometimes sometimes it's fine, but sometimes it's like say if I'm not managing everything and um, being say even even if I'm managing everything, something might throw me off. So it's better just to bust and let somebody else you know handle it. It's stupid garbage, like, say, you know, some uh, uptight soul, you know, gets behind you and uh, in in traffic and starts, you know, honking the horn, you know, because, <laughs> because there's they're not liking the way you're doing things, you know, and technically the horn is for emergencies, right? So, you know, technically, is this an emergency, so... and and not being in my own jerk state right where i get uh hypervigilant right because that's a that's a ptsd ptsd yeah ptsd thing where you suddenly switch into this uh you know, oh my gosh, everything is you know, falling apart. But it's it's hyper it's hyper vigilant. And I don't think that I think for you know, each I'm sure for each case, of course, it's, you know, slightly different. There's variations and writing, but you know it's talking about the mind as well or this this is talking about the mind and say you know the balance uh, that you've got to have um, you know in your own uh, situation and so. So sitting with Pat, down with Patrick, I've, I currently have currently, I don't know why, I'm using a clipboard. Um, I think it's because I like to go through the pages uh, in a different way that, say, you, you, know, you put them in a binder and there's order. So I have a, sort of a pile of paper and I'm flipping back and forth. And I'll do uh, likes And I'll do opportunities Things that I like And I'm switching more For opportunities I'm switching more for uh, Towards uh, Comments <laughs> Another doggie Hello doggie uh, switching towards asking questions right, to sort of to, f- to find out um, but also s- sort of saying it feels to me like right, uh, one example in dialogue uh, for Patrick up to this point it's been cool and it's first person narrative, and I haven't had a problem, but in this particular chapter, chapter 4, I, I, was, I was going, hmm, you know, the dialogue is not meshing, it, it doesn't sort of fit with, uh... and two, if it's supposed to be, if the dialogue is, uh, the, the character seems mature. Uh, for her age, and so it, but if that is the case, then for me, I think i 'll probably suggest, okay, go back and set it up like that. Um, it just doesn 't feel like it 's supposed to be this way so that 's an example of uh, say what I would say uh, during the opportunities. And not saying, (laughs) you know, not critiquing and saying, that's bad. You know, I don't like that. You're doing it the wrong way. It's like, that's, you know, there's no such thing as the wrong way. I was going to say, I was going to say, there's, there's my way or the highway. And that's not the case I've got to respect I've got to respect um, what he's doing Damn it. I'm trying to cross at an intersection and it's it's just not working like say um anyways, yeah if you can imagine (laughs) oh we're already here that was swift but that's good I can I can get a hopefully I can snag a the table the last time we were here, we were too close I, I think we we're too close to the uh, baristas, so we hit you know sort of trying to talk over this screaming espresso machines. From my for in my own case, I've submitted. I've shown him. Uh, he's looked at the first part of this serial that I'm doing, and I'm actually encouraging, um, like say, I'm I'm open to suggestions about. Structure because I have this flashback that uh, naturally occurred, just part of the process, and so now I'm uh, taking it apart. Like, say, look, I'm looking. The feedback I'm looking for is like, what works best? Is it is it best just to sort of start and not have uh, a a flashback? Because where it's at right now. Um, the scene is this surrounding scene is I think would be uh, at the beginning somewhere in the beginning of the third act as I've, I've plotted it out very roughly plotted it out uh, that there's this chase that's happening This um, the main character is on a on horse, has this baby, they're riding along, main character's all bruised up, uh, but he's uh, rescued this kid, and behind them, they actually have an, an army, uh, behind them, uh, cavalry, flying Nazgûls, that kind of thing, and they're racing towards a hill, and then we have, uh, the flashback, and then after the flashback, we we return to this and app- app- approach uh, the climax. Or get a little bit closer to the climax. Alright, uh, so talk to you more in a bit. So this is... Post meeting with critique partner and a man about town, Patrick Boulevard, and it was good. I actually got there early and got a table <coughs> away from the baristas, so that uh, mission was accomplished. And it it did feel like we had a bit more uh, airspace. There we go. And we had a bit of uh, chat, talking about the local conventions, and uh, it, it sort of broached as well a topic of writing for comic books, because I ended up Uh, sitting in on some great conversations uh, at Fan Expo this past weekend Ah, come on brain so I, I went first and had my notes on my little uh, clipboard and I gave uh, likes, things I enjoyed and then we got into the opportunities so I got to ask uh, uh, questions and clarify uh, a few areas. One, One of the things that I like about Working with uh, Patrick is that, um, and 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 two myself, that you know it, there's no defensive, like say, um, I'm trying to even think if at the beginning, like uh, Patrick has he's done, um, creative writing workshops, um, doing constructive criticism, uh, workshopping. And so maybe it's coming from that, that he has experience with it. But um, I don't remember, you know, any sort of defensive moments where he's uh, like, say, you know, that I'll sort of say, I, I didn't understand this part. Um, it's more of a conversation. Uh, also, too, I'm going for clarification when I'm talking about opportunities I'm. I'm looking for, say, a greater understanding of, say, you know, well, oh, why did you make that choice? Um, and yeah, it it turns into a discussion. Like I, I mentioned, uh, voice in in dialogue. I think I mentioned earlier in this episode. I mentioned that one of his his main character that you know she, suddenly she's talking seems to me she's talking in a mature sort of voice and tone so we had this discussion about it where uh you know so i was asking you know well how old is she and and then he was informing me that his main character talon is how old is she i think it's that she's about 17 and That, that actually does help. That does help me. And then we sort of had this discussion about sort of snarky teenagers and adults sort of attempting to corral and rein in the um, the teenager. And, you know, that it's it's all about power. You feel that you are mature, that you are an adult. You're ready to take over. In the... Um, in the culture, in the environment uh, of the story. In the culture, in the environment. Uh, you know, people don't live a long life. It's, it's a harsh environment. This uh, fantasy world that he's created. And it, it, it does have a medieval quality to it and um, you know, there's there's wild beasts there's, you know, dangerous um, the environment is dangerous and so unless you're really careful and, you know, really have good genes, you're really healthy um, you're not going to live a long life so, uh, you know, say that one matures quite quickly. And 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 too, she might be his main character might be considered a uh, a woman even at 17, right that she's considered an adult. There are enough moments where I feel you know that that's not the case. And so if he if he wants it that she's I and too I, I ultimately I feel that his main character Is not an adult, or say maybe she's like right on the on the cusp, right? That her her family is, you know, kind of resisting that. But I I think it was a good conversation because it sort of say, you know, he's he's got to clarify these things for the reader, or not? You know, I could be totally wrong. It, It really comes down to um you know if if my if my sort of read of it if my if my perception you know do I have a bias you know what what is my intention and uh also to uh say when he's sending it out to beta readers that to sort of get a wider scope that say i guess. I guess I could be considered an alpha reader, maybe. I'm not sure. (laughs) The omega reader. Who is the omega reader? You know, is it the... uh, Is it the young... The young reader... I'm just thinking of... uh, I've been obsessing about the golden age, one's golden age. I keep coming back to this notion of, you know, the uh, the 12-year-old who reads the comic book or, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, creates that nostalgia. So, uh, it was interesting too, because I... I actually missed a couple comments. One of the comments I gave was... Uh, something I noticed and I, I liked and I said, you know, keep doing it this way. Is that there's uh, peaks of physical action, danger. Uh, say like one chapter is very active. And then one ca- uh, chapter is less active, more dramatic. Uh, it still has conflict. Like, you know, both chapters have conflict. But we have, like, peaks and valleys. And, you know, that's not to say that the whole chapter is like that, but just that there's a moment, uh, you know, of each. Uh, Another one is that, you know, constant conflict. Uh, It doesn't, and two, it doesn't have to be Physical conflict, Uh, like it could be, say, friends or family, um, romance, but that there's this conflict, even friendly conflict. You know, this uh, joking, sarcasm. Um, Another bit of feedback was uh, keeping it page turning, right? And and so far that's been successful I think in Patrick's case is that like say I I want to keep reading he ends it on this note of where there's questions you know and this is uncertainty and I just want to keep going and I want to keep reading and I want to um, get I want to get deeper into it I want to get I want answers right and uh you know so that you know good signs all around uh then uh patrick uh gave me feedback and i was really i'm i i feel like say you know i i'm writing something editing it that is important to me uh, and even just in saying it i'm saying it's a passion project and i'm i'm not considering sending it out to, um, and to, you know, just having something that's for me, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it could end up in the hands of publishers, you know, sort of, uh, when the serial is done, do it as a book, but right now it's, uh, you know, it's just sort of, okay, I want to try this out. I want to do this for me. And that might sound um, weird because it's it's getting feedback, like well, why bother getting feedback if it's just for me? Um, so obviously there's more to it. I just don't want the pain of waiting. like I don't want to and too, I don't want to have the you know it's sort of you know some stranger passing judgment. I want this to be. A conversation, you know, two fans of Moorcock and Tolkien, which is perfect for me because, uh, you know, here's somebody who, who knows what Stormbringer is, right? This vampiric sword. And Patrick was even giving me this feedback, or no, um, suggestions of of uh, serials, uh, you know, literature that's kind of in the same ballpark but it was great you know there were enough questions and enough feedback that I could you know I feel sort of uh, I have clarity and I and I feel that you know okay good I can I can return to it and I can fix it up uh, not even fixing it but It's almost like, say, you know, you dress up in jewelry, say, or whatever it is, and you take one thing off, uh, just as a rule of thumb, you know, if you're dressing up and I would even say for guys, that's a good idea. Just sort of find one thing that you can, you can, you know, remove, uh, yeah so I am what am I looking at one of the great bits of feedback was that Patrick was reading this uh, part one of this fantasy cowboy serial and so he's uh, the, the way I've done it is I have this I'm, I'm seeing something that looks like this giant hat and I'm, I'm digging it this is great, I'm loving it yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it was uh, I, I think it was a towel over the head Anyways, I think there was a couple cadets. I think there's a couple young adults in camouflage, wearing berets. They might have actually been soldiers. Uh, and two, uh, one of them was a young uh, Asian woman, and there was a a young a white guy, and I—I I like that. I like that. There's the um, the diversity, the challenge to um, perception. Is there? Is there a perception loss? Yeah, there is. Yeah. I think too that it's it's something that has to be, it's weird because it exists now, but it has to be um, confronted. If you take Canada as a whole, there's 70% that are uh, European, you know, consider themselves European, white, Caucasians. Um, but you know when you when you get into the city it gets it gets more diverse uh, I think too say when you're when you're living off in the boonies or the sticks you know you're or say you know you're not uh you're not living in that diversity and say somebody from outside of it you know they grow up without that and then they they find themselves in you know one of the big cities i always think toronto is bigger back east and then here in the west vancouver and all of a sudden you know you're confronted with this diversity people who you've you know never met you know you've received the imagery through you know various government uh, or say You know, we have our national TV and radio. Also, too, though, locally we have a fairly diverse mix representing. So we have uh, various ethnicities and various races. Uh, And uh, how can I say? Uh, Oh, uh, LGBTQ plus... And religions, there we go, I think I covered it all that that you 're not going to experience, like say you know for me my my thousands of cousins in Saskatchewan that you know I have a very different experience um, you know than they are going to get, we still have the same sort of um, Like say we are set up, uh, you know, via the government, via the national television. For example, one example is, uh, I think it's called Kim's Market. Kim's Market. And it is a uh, a sitcom with uh, Asian Canadians, specifically Korean Canadians. And... I saw, I remember seeing the first season, and actually it was so inclusive, and it was, it had a lot of great uh, Korean moments. But it's just sort of like the national agenda compared to, what do I mean by that? It's like the, the government, I'm just thinking maybe we'll just keep walking, I'm just gonna drop off my my backpack yeah let's let's keep walking walking and talking maybe I'm uh, I think I've been avoiding a bit talking about my the feedback I've gotten Um, let's get back on track here Let's walk through the snow. The remaining snow in the backyard. There we go. (laughs) The last of the snow. So. So. One of the bits that was important to me was say, I had just naturally I had written something and it was bookended and what I mean by that was, there was a scene at the beginning and a scene at the end that was actually pretty close uh, to the climax of this serial so I'm just going through this and going, yeah, okay right So we start off with this scene as this horse is uh, galloping and we're trying to get away from and two, I've learned that horses actually can't gallop like forever and uh, so I I have a moment where they stop and look back and see this army pursuing them and they're rushing towards this hill but as I went along I had just had this feeling of uh, oh it feels like I should be just concentrating on the flashback that happens where we have this magic sword that is being forged so uh, talking with Patrick he i I got sort of his response reading it, and he said something happened that say you know the bookend has them reaching the hill, you know and achieving you know they sort of all this you know these weapons and stuff are hidden on the hill, and just having this sort of moment of preparing for this battle, you know this one person. With all of you know this power and magic is now facing off a thousand soldiers and demonic uh, enemy, and, and and Patrick said, you know, in my imagination I know how this ends. I don't have to read anymore. It's sort of like you you know by by having us so close to the climax, you know I'm I'm sort of filling in the blank. And I was like, there we go. That's, it was sort of my gut feeling, but I could not um, rationalize. I could not sort of, because, you know, I'm working, I'm, oh, there it is. It's the, uh, you know, the outside versus the inside. It's the, uh, I'm being subjective, you know, so I can't see it, the experience. But he's being objective and he's telling me, you know, it's all great, but... Now I don't need to read anymore, right? I've just imagined the ending. And so my next step is to cut these two bookends. So it's no longer a flashback. We actually start inside the uh we, uh, we start inside the uh the beginning of the story which is arriving at this island where this magic weapon is going to be made so that's a really that's an an example of um, not only finding the right person for this specific project uh, but also that the act of uh, workshopping critiquing getting this feedback is essential you know getting an objective opinion you know somebody who's outside of it also too outside of it is a fan uh you know he he was spitballing ideas like sort of saying what about this what about that and that was exciting because all of a sudden, it was like there's a collaborator there. And uh, mutually, I feel that way about his. You know, I, I found myself jumping in and saying, What about this? What about that? And, y- you know, you can do a bit of that. But ultimately, it's the, it's the other person's thing. You know, it's, it's the other person's uh, deal. but, but I myself was, uh, open to it and tickled, right? Uh, because he was, you know, going off this way, that way. Another great suggestion was, uh, there's this arrival in a boat. Um, ultimately he said more, right? I want more. Tell me about this boat. You know what is this boat about is it uh give it a hit of detail uh which is something that i harp on about when i'm reading about a character i want i want one hit of detail <laughs> that's not a uh, woodpecker that sounds way too mechanical but maybe we have robotized uh kind of like urban songbirds right we have urban woodpeckers that get paid right you know they build houses that's awesome see these robots flying around um, hammering hammering together houses and then you have the painting birds who come and use their wings to paint the house and and two I'm, I'm just sort of imagining this switchover that sort of we repairing repairing the robots this guy riding his bike and well I guess he's running his dog and it seems to be working out It's a good idea getting a trot. I think I think it would be a good idea because the the dog is getting a bit more exercise. Meanwhile, there's a a dog who, in a yard. <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, you know, bark versus bite as well, I hope. <clears throat> Anything else I can say about this meeting of the minds? I was apprehensive, uh, you know, and to I you know I don't know. It, it's sort of like say what I'd mention about another writer locally who who said to me, and painfully, and I totally empathize, that we're talking about their book and saying, you know, it's me, this is me. The the dangers of that, not being willing to um, serve the reader, you know, to create an experience that is satisfying, but instead, you know, the whole auteur thing, right? You know, you know, I am the artist, right? It's all about me. Ego. I don't know if it's egomaniacal, but it's uh placing oneself above and to the the writers on, online who are adamant, right? You know, about putting putting stuff out that's low quality and, and uh not to them, of course, not to them, but to the reader, you know, sort of, it's not about the reader; it's about the writer, and um, some of it gets vicious, right? You know, we should all stand up and salute these brave you know, writers who go off to struggle. And my part, my response is, you know, that's that's show. I mean, And to, I don't mean to show and tell, but that's, it's just sort of, it's the appearance of, of, you know, the hard work, it's sort of say, doing one draft, and then sending it to get proofed, copy edited, and then you end up with um, something that, you know, of course, you know, the reader doesn't like it, because it's not for them, it's not about them, it's not pandering to them. That said, there are some people who have that ability, right? They're just natural-born storytellers. That said, all of, you know, these amazing works of uh, fiction that we read, they go through the process. All your Harry potter Prod- <laughs> I was going to say all your Harry products, uh, but all the Harry Potter books went through drafts right It wasn't just written and then published, you know, spell check, check the grammar, punctuation. Uh, it was intensely looking at story. They want to create a product, they want to create a brand, you know they want uh, a franchise, they want movies. Uh, and this it's a terrible um, terrible feeling, terrible lesson. Uh, discipline. Yeah. Uh, for example, here's me. I've written something. I've rewritten it. I've um, I've shown it to people, right? You know, my first couple of drafts, and I showed it to people and said, "What do you think? You know, is this is this going somewhere? Getting initial feedback. You know, then I I, I make this other draft, and then show it to Um, you know, this next beta reader and then, you know, make corrections and now I'm showing it to, and to, I don't want to say corrections, but um, changes, right? Addressing opportunities and then presenting it to uh, Patrick today, you know, and getting his feedback. Some, yeah, so his response about the ship that we arrive in, you know, one hit of detail that reveals uh, the inner uh, nature of this character. In this case, it's a ship. You know, it maybe it's a magical ship. Maybe it's a... Um, it's sort of iconic, like uh, the Dawn Treader. Or... I'm thinking of the little boat in Wizard of Earthsea. Uh Or something like, you know, it could be the Millennium Falcon, right? That we're going to reuse this uh, ship. And it got me thinking about, you know, like, yeah, how did he get here? He, he had other comments like, there's a, a horse in, on board. How does that work? Because horses... You know, usually they don't like this kind of thing, so that's an issue to deal with. Uh, we, we, we batted around some, you know, silly, unrealistic stuff, uh, just to sort of, you know, take the hurdle, um, you know, part of the process. You know, well, what about this? What about that? And and that gave me. Sort of entertaining ideas, and, and sort of okay. Well, what what would be best for this uh, for this story? So, how I'm revisioning it is that instead, getting rid of a flashback, and instead we are landing on an island. Uh, but also that we have a a moment with. So we have a scene with the ship and the captain. And that it'll be bookended at the end with the scene where they're leaving. So we have an arrival and a departure. And on board this ship, there's <laughs> Patrick has this sense of humor. He was he was just des- describing this uh, uh, some sort of you know comedic people who are running the ship, right? Everything is pretty dark except for these. Um, these sailors that have this sense of humor, uh, and I adore that. I, I'm right there, you know, the R2D2 or uh, the Weasley brothers or the comedy duo Abbott and Costello. So what? What can I say? What can I say about this? just sort of wrapping everything up, I think we're in that zone, yes, we have five minutes left, and let's let's, uh, start heading back. So getting the objective opinion, objective feedback, uh, helps you to sort of stand outside of it and to see. Um, That has taken me a while to get to. I I can remember getting um, really, like it was almost like sort of like in my shell, right? I was still working on building up a thick skin. I don't have a thick skin 24 hours a day. Uh, You know, some days, you know, I'll take it hard, right? And other days, um... the other thing, too, is sort of, say, figuring out this um, uh, critique partnership. There we go. Uh, Say, say figuring it out. Uh, Also, too, you know, finding out. I didn't know when I first met. Patrick that he was a Moorcock and a Tolkien fan, Michael Moorcock and R. R. R Tolkien. Uh, so, so that say we have common ground, and he that he gets what I'm going for. He also said, um, you know, he, he it was great. He mentioned the first um, Elric of Melnabony, uh book or, you know, a collection of short stories. It might have been a novella, but anyways. uh, Patrick mentioned it. It's called The Stealer of Souls, I believe. And the title is in reference to uh, Elric's sword, which is this vampire sword. And... Uh, he actually went when I told him this is what i 'm going for. we emailed uh, before meeting. He actually went and looked for the book and at the At the beginning of it, there is a prologue which is sort of uh, harkening back to uh, an older style right it sets up this tone uh, I would say it's it 's a bit lyrical. But it has this sort of feeling, just, yeah, a feeling, a style, you know, you're, you're in a kind of uh, medieval-esque kind of environment, epic fantasy, what say you? Um, but he, you know, he, he saw this and, and mentioned it, and then I said, you know, oh yeah, that's totally where I got the, the title from for this uh, serial. And, and then he said, look, why don't you just go for the prologue, because it, it will introduce this character. That's seeming um, flat right now, and it'll, it'll give it some roundness. And two, part of the process that just helps me to um, approach it. And two, that was the general upshot was he was saying, uh, "I need more." You're, you know, the main character, whose name's Corvus. He's. I, I, I know this huge backstory, but. Um, you know there's a whole manuscript that's been written a whole novel and i think too it's that sort of i know this so i feel that i don't need to you know i don't need to talk about it and but here it is you know the objective feedback is no no you know we need to know all of this put it in the prologue tell us what happened you know uh Uh, and two, I might not, in the end, I might not use the prologue. It, it's not the usual prologue. It's actually a kind of poem. And um, that's another sort of um, angle and strategy that say, you know, I would, I would want to consider the scansion, which is a poetic term for, um, I think it's called the measure. Like say, how many, how many feet um and that has to do with stresses and if uh i think it has to do with syllable stresses or word stresses how many stresses there are in a line of poetry and so i'm considering that and i'm thinking okay i want to go and i want to you know look at this old prologue and see if i can figure out how it works poetically that sounds it probably sounds to you a bit extreme, but for this story, it would be appropriate it It would work um and yet it it might get cut it might not if if it can serve t- if it can help me to make the character more round uh, also to um another way of saying it is depth internal conflict right that that we you know that there's more going on to this character um you know than just walking around kind of like i said flat so let's see upshots. <laughs> Getting stared down by a dog. Hello. What's up? Hi. Yeah. What? What? What's your dog's name again? Toby. Is it Toby? Toby. Hi, Toby. Hello. Hey. Good to see you. It's like a snowy dog, like from Tintin. Is uh, is Toby from Vancouver? Uh. Yes. Oh, he there we from go. From Vancouver, but he was bought. They bought him in Edmonton. I oh, sense. Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. All right. Edmonton. So, so Alberta He's dog. 12 years old. Ah. He's 12 years old. ah, yeah. Not, not young dog. It's get, getting older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He's He's some problem with his ear. Oh, um, uh, hearing or infection or infection? Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, doc- doctor gave him some antibiotics, and he's yellow. <laughs> because, because, put him the uh, later. He's shaking his head. Oh, because and, of the yeah, yeah, the liquids in there. Yeah. yeah. Bye, Toby. <laughs> okay, Nice to see you. Yeah. Good to see you. the dogs of my neighborhood. So-oh. So-oh, so-oh, so, so Let's see. Mm. Uh, I, I've had a history of like say I've, I've done um, workshops I've, uh, I've had, I don't know if I've had critique partners but I remember sitting down with say groups and we would email our stuff to each other and then we would um, do a kind of uh, critique and I suspect that this has been kind of an evolution, and slowly figuring out. Um, we get into. I've I've attempted to work with various people. I remember uh, a sad time was, I was doing, um, was working with another guy. We actually signed a contract to work together for a year to develop a TV show, and we got to a point where you know one day the other guy said to me i've got nothing right and that was it was a you know i'll chalk it up to experience and, and just sort of say you know that that happens right where you reach a point where you know that say you know the other person uh, is unable to um, also to i think it's that say we had we had reached a sort of a terrain where he couldn't go, you know it could be emotionally or just that it was sort of beyond his um abilities and that uh writing partnership uh didn't continue and too the the you know the bridge is still there, and he's gone on to do other things I think too it it's sort of say you f- you find out, um, what your strengths are, you know, strengths and weaknesses, uh, it's like any sort of friendship or working relationship, I've, I had a, um, a business, I was trying out, uh, uh, paper making paper making and book binding it it, it fits because of the um, you know writing and books and you know i was I would always have a notebook you know, I, I think I, actually no I, I don't always have a notebook i've gone, i've gone a bit digital now um, uh, but in that case, I had uh, two partners right, so I started with one partner who who decided to leave the business that they weren't interested, and then I got another partner and then I left um because of the same reason and ultimately too, that business uh you know the the partner that I left it with it was uh he he left the business, so you know. So he decided to, uh, you know, not pursue the business. And so I think it was sort of a process that we were figuring out what we wanted to do. Um, one of the reasons that I left that business was that I wanted to pursue writing. I had figured it out finally, and I was, you know, I went off and I I pursued uh, school, uh, creative writing classes and actually too I, I did that because i had contacted a local agent you know who eventually became my agent and uh and too you know in that relationship you know we've eventually parted ways um and that was a learning experience as well uh, with with my agent because now I, I sort of like oh no you know i lost my agent because I wasn't communicating. I wasn't say, I wasn't asking and saying, "What do you want?" Right? You know, because they 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 didn't get rid of me. Uh, I was I was so confused, and I think it. I don't know, but I think if I had asked, "What do you want?" Right? So I could write a story to, to, um, to their um, recommendation or something like that. And And they may have asked me to, and I just missed it, and I missed that opportunity, that golden opportunity and um, in retrospect, um, that said, though, um, there's things that I have to do. There's things that I have accomplished since then, um, just personally, that are important that say that I do it's like this um, this current project this cowboy fantasy thing which is you know it's for me and um also to my uh my agent didn't want to pursue the uh terrapin you know fantasy books uh just financially right they sort of like no we we're not seeing it and i totally get it um but also i'm looking at it and going ah you know because it would have been good to ha- sort of have that connection and you know ha- be pursuing uh something on the financial end, you know, because you know, I want money. <laughs> I want to pay the bills. But live and learn. So yeah, um get out there and look for a critique partner. Search around uh you know, don't uh you know, sort of look look for one that works you know sort of similar genre similar tastes ask them what they're into and um you know that that will be a good sort of sort of guideline you know if, if you love harry potter and you're writing something you know you're inspired by that then find somebody who's sort of into that as well all right take care